Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to the Muslim Matters Podcast, where we discuss everything under the sun that affects Muslims, such as faith, local and global politics, social media, sex education, civil rights, and family matters, all coming from a traditional Orthodox perspective. Subscribe to our podcast and follow us online on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on our handle, Muslim Matters. And check out our site daily at muslimmatters.org. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to the Muslim Matters Podcast. My name is Zainab Antinas, and I am your host. With Ramadan so close to us, it's only fitting that we dive into spiritual preparations for Ramadan. And with Ramadan being the month of the Qur'an, it's only appropriate for us to reconnect with the Qur'an on a deeply personal level, so we can truly reap the benefits and blessings of reciting and reading the Qur'an throughout the sacred month. And so to cover this topic, we have the amazing Sheikh Taymiyyah Zubair, who is an established teacher of Qur'an with a focus on tafsir and word analysis. She studied under her parents and, her, uh, who, and other scholars. So her parents are Dr. Idris Zubair and Dr. Farhat Hashmi, who are the founders of Al-Huda International. And she's been a student and a teacher at Al-Huda Institute and of various Islamic sciences, including grammar, uh, Arabic grammar, hadith, and fiqh. And she's an instructor with Al-Maghrib Institute. So welcome to the podcast, Sheikh Taymiyyah. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm so happy. I'm so excited to be here. Well, let's just dive right into it. Like Ramadan's coming up and everybody has a refocused energy when it comes to the Quran, which is amazing. But one of the hurdles that a lot of people face is feeling disconnected from the Quran throughout the rest of the year. And now they do want to grow closer to the Quran, but they're not sure where to start and how to approach the Quran after having been disconnected for so long. So what would be your first words of advice? Yeah, I think what you've um, said is something very uh, relevant to many people because it just happens with so many people that, you know, as they're, do- as they're going about their daily lives, it's, it's very easy to get disconnected from the Quran, from, you know, reciting it regularly or even listening to it regularly or, um, you know, trying to increase in, you know, their understanding of the Quran. And, you know, when day after day goes by without having actually connected with the Quran, you know, there's this growing guilt inside of the heart. And as Ramadan approaches, you know, there's that excitement that, yay, Ramadan is coming and, you know, we're going to do lots of good things. But then many people have this shame and guilt in their hearts that, you know, I have basically abandoned the Quran since last Ramadan. And now that Ramadan is coming, I'm how exactly I'm going to pick it up and how exactly am I going to, you know, read it. You know, there's this shame. And I, I think that a lot of times shaitan does that. Uh, you know, he shames you into uh, into reconnecting with the Quran that, you know, you're such a bad person. You've You've left the Quran for so long. So now who are you to you know, come and pick it up and and recite a juz a day, or aim to recite the whole Quran once or twice, or how how many ever times you intend to, you know, in in the month of Ramadan. And uh, you know, it's true that we should we should have a a consistent uh, connection with the Quran throughout the year. But of course, the the entire year is not Ramadan, right? And because of that, in, in Ramadan, of course, you're going to do more than you do in the rest of the year, right? And in Ramadan, uh, you know, you have that extra, that, that greater motivation. And, uh, you know, uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this month so special, you are definitely more encouraged to connect more with the Quran. So if before you had uh, you know, a very weak connection with the Quran. Alhamdulillah, now that Ramadan is here, you you get to have some kind of uh, of a connection with the Quran, right? So just because, so the first thing is that just because you have had a very, um, you know, weak connection with the Quran does not mean that you are not worthy of reconnecting with the Quran in the month of Ramadan. Um, and secondly, when you want to build that connection with the Quran, 
I, I would really say start before Ramadan. Okay, don't wait for the first day of Ramadan or the first night of Ramadan to open the Mus'haf. Start before. And that means start today or tomorrow or whenever you, uh, you know, have the, the desire to increase in your connection with the Qur'an, start right away. And, and establishing an, a, a connection with the Qur'an doesn't mean that now you have to sit and recite an entire juz, you know, at once. It can literally be just reciting an ayah, half a page, you know, one page, whatever that you can. But uh, some connection is better than no connection. And just because you you have not had a very strong connection with the Qur'an over the past few months, it doesn't mean that you are not worthy of picking up the Qur'an again. You are worthy. And don't let shaitan, you know, fool you into thinking that you, you, you should not be picking up the Qur'an and you should not be, uh, you know, reciting more because you have not done that in such a long time. You're saying that instead of feeling guilty and feeling like we don't deserve to be pretending to be close to the Quran, this is actually what we should be using as motivation to immediately draw closer to Allah through the Quran. Absolutely. And you know what you just said, pretending? I think this happens with so many people, that they, they feel like they are a fraud, right? That, um, you know, they, they, since they don't recite the Quran, on a, on a regular basis, or because they don't recite as much Qur'an as some other people, when they do recite the Qur'an in Ramadan, they feel like a fraud. And this, this thought is really from shaitan, because any part of the Qur'an that you recite with sincerity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if it's just one word, you get rewarded for it, right? There is reward for reciting even one letter. It's, it's not that you're only going to be rewarded if you recite an entire juz, an entire surah. No, you are rewarded for every, every harakat, every, every harf that you read. So some recitation is better than no recitation. And whenever you recite the Qur'an, that is better than never reciting the Qur'an. So it's like the, the classic solution to imposter syndrome. Fake it till you make it. And then before you realize it, you're actually really making it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It reminds me too of, you know, the hadith that says, uh, whoever takes a step towards Allah and goes to Allah walking, Allah comes running, right? Yeah. And it's very apt with this situation of the Quran as well. You know, like we feel bad to even open the mushaf, but actually if you just open the mushaf and read like, you're the best meta even, you'll find that that inner drive suddenly starts kicking in. And it might be like very slow at first, but it definitely does, you know, it, it awakens something in your heart and you have that longing for the Quran, which I think is a beautiful sign. I think that's really at the root of this whole, you know, imposter Muslim syndrome. It's actually, you know, our fitrah is, is trying to call us closer to Allah. And it's shaitan who's whispering to us that we don't deserve it, that we shouldn't, that we're just pretending. Um, and it's that that internal battle, really. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you, you know, first begin to recite the Quran, um, it is it is harder um, because, you know, you haven't really pronounced the ha and the ayn and the qaf and, you know, recited properly in a while so it, it it does require more effort um and so it's it might even take you longer uh to recite a certain portion it might be more tiring um but you know over time you'll see that it actually gets easier right once you get into the flow it does get easier you know i i know so many people I, i've witnessed this so many times in my life where you know, people struggle to complete the recitation of one juz, uh, you know, at the beginning of Ramadan. But then towards the end of Ramadan, what's happening? They're, they're so focused on their khatma that, you know, they'll be reciting two, three, four juz a day, you know. So wh where did that capacity just suddenly come from? It, it came because you've been working consistently, right? So yes, at the beginning it was hard, but then eventually you're you know, your capacity increases. 
So, uh, you know, it, it will be hard, but inshallah, it will get easier as well. Practice makes perfect, right? And it's all about the commitment to it as well. Absolutely. On the note of commitment, though, there are people who they feel bad because it's not just, you know, feeling guilty or disconnected from the Quran before Ramadan, but during Ramadan as well. There are quite a few people have mentioned, you know, that feeling that lack of motivation in reciting Quran and praying Qiyam. And this is especially for those who they've got a lot going on, right? There's students who are busy with exams and assignments and deadlines. Um, there's parents who are, you know, exhausted from just everyday the everyday grind, whether it's, you know, whether they have younger kids, whether they're uh, stay-at-home moms or they're working parents. And it can really be a struggle to get that sense of motivation. Do you have any advice for that? Yeah. Sometimes, like, like you said, it's not just a lack of motivation. It's literally life. You know, there's just so much going on. Uh, and, and I think this is especially relevant to women because, you know, a, a lot of men, they'll go to work. And once they come home, they're just home, right? They're free. But women, it's like they're working around the clock. And this is why, I'm not saying that's how it should be, but that's just the reality of many women's lives. And um, as much as they want to spend more time with the Quran, they're just not able to, right? And for that, I, I would say that really, when it comes to Ramadan, you see Ramadan is 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 often described as the month of the Qur'an, right? Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ The month of Ramadan is the one in which the Qur'an was revealed. So it's as though Ramadan is being praised. Uh, you know, the, the specialty of Ramadan is the fact that, you know, the Qur'an was revealed in it. So it is the revelation of the Qur'an that makes Ramadan special, which is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen Ramadan for fasting. So how can it be that we spend Ramadan without connecting with the Qur'an, without reciting more Qur'an, right? And the Prophet ﷺ would also, uh, you know, recite uh, the Qur'an to Jibreel and he would listen to it from Jibreel, meaning he would review the, the Qur'an with Jibreel, right, in the month of Ramadan. And many ulama would say about Ramadan that Ramadan is about the recitation of the Qur'an and, and you know, feeding people. Um, so it, it's it's the highlight of, of this month, right? And um, I think it's, it's, uh, it can be hard to, to find that motivation. But when you remind yourself every day of some kind of virtue of reciting the Quran, then you do get the motivation. And even if you, uh, you're not able to recite a lot, uh, then inshallah, whatever little that you are able to recite, you will, you, you, you will enjoy it, right? Uh, and, and if you think about the different virtues of reciting the Quran, I mean, there's so many. Uh, we learn especially about the, you know, uh, reciting Quran while fasting, that it will actually be an intercession for a person on the Day of Judgment. Right uh, in a hadith, we learned that the Quran will come, uh, and it will say, uh, "Yani on the day of judgment," and it will say that I am the one that kept you awake at night, and I am the one who made you thirsty during the day. Subhanallah. Subhanallah, that's so powerful. Right. So, uh, when you learn about the different virtues and you constantly remind yourself of these virtues, then you know if you get to recite half a page, one ayah, two pages, three pages, one surah, something. Insha'Allah, that, that will also serve as a motivation to do more. You know, because I, I really feel like the recitation of the Qur'an is like an acquired taste. You know, once you acquire it, then you really enjoy it, right? And you, you know, you, once you get into the flow, it, it becomes so much easy and enjoyable. So allow yourself to get there. That's really uplifting. And I think it's a really great reminder to all of us who might be feeling that struggle, that um, that lack of motivation during Ramadan, because a lot of it is due to pressure as well. I think there's a lot of pressure that if you don't finish an entire khatman Ramadan, well, it was worthless. It was pointless. Oh, you didn't do enough. But it really comes back to, as you said, even if it's a single ayah, 
but at least just doing that much and having that intention as well that this is for the sake of Allah. This is you trying to grow closer to Allah and you are struggling for sure. Like so many of us struggle with so many of these acts of ibadah in Ramadan and that's kind of the point. It's not meant to necessarily be easy, right? And we have the hadith of even those who struggle with reciting the Quran, which as you mentioned, you know, if you're out of practice, it can be difficult. But, you know, if you're, even if you're stumbling over it, even if you're stuttering over it, you can get twice the reward simply for putting in that effort when it is more difficult for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, being busy with life and then not not being able to make time for the recitation of the Qur'an, I, I think, you know, sometimes we just tell ourselves that, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I don't have the time to do this. Whereas in reality, we actually do have the time. Um, so it's it's just a matter of prioritizing. Right, that when you when you know that something is important, when you really want to get something done, you you get it done first. Um, I, I have a, a teenager now, Alhamdulillah, and recently, you know, we were uh, talking to someone, and they they advised my son that you know, work is not fun, right? So just get it done, get it out of the way, so that you can do what is fun. And I, I thought that was that was such an interesting way of, of putting it out there for, 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 you know, kids that age that, yes, it's no fun doing your homework, right? But you, you know you have to do it. So just get it done and then you can do whatever is, you know, fun and, and whatever you want to do. Uh, now, of course, the, the recitation of the Quran, you know, it's, it, 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 it is enjoyable. It is a part of Iman. It is something that we love. But if you, for example, um, you know, make it a priority that, you know, every day in the morning, I'm going to recite because I know that during the day, I'm not going to get a chance, right? So you, you recite whatever portion that you can uh, in the morning, and then inshallah, the rest of the day, you're not going to feel guilty. You're, you're not going to feel that heaviness that, oh my God, I still haven't recited. I still haven't recited. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to recite. And, you know, maybe I should not even set the goal of, you know, reciting, uh, you know, the, the entire Quran in Ramadan because this is not going to work out for me. You know, you, you, you get very discouraged like that. But if every day, uh, you know, you, you set a time, uh, especially at the beginning of the day, and you spend that time reciting the Quran, inshallah, the, the rest of the day will also be fine. Because the recitation of the Quran is actually a source of barakah. Right? Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people forget that element. Yeah. And the month of Ramadan is also actually a, a month of barakah, right? It, it, it is Shahrul Mubarak. And that means that you have, um, you know, a limited amount of time, but within that time, you can actually accomplish more, right? Because of the barakah in it. So, uh, the recitation of the Quran is not going to give you less time to to do things like your work, your homework, etc. Et no, it's it's going to increase your capacity to to do your work, inshallah, because it will be a source of blessing, inshallah. I think it's important to to keep in mind that we can't just you know hope it that it'll work out and not make that effort. It does require a bit of creative thinking, as well as time management, which you brought up. So either, you know, deciding to dedicate a certain amount of time in the morning before you do everything else. Um, And I would say there's actually a lot of really popular, mashallah, tactics and techniques and strategies that are spread before and during Ramadan. Like I see this on social media, actually, every year. And I think it's a really cool um, way for social media to be used, where people are encouraging each other to keep up with their khatma, to... Uh, strategize effectively. You know, the very common one is recite five pages after every salah. If you can't do that, um, things like set a timer on your phone or apps like uh, there are apps that help you lock your other apps on your phone. So if you go over like 20 minutes on Instagram, like it's blocked for the rest of the day, right? So things like that can really be helpful for us to, again, strategize in Ramadan and being able to utilize our time better. Uh, and keeping in mind too, just self-awareness, like how is your day structured? What can you chip away at? Like if you're at school or work, um, your 20 minutes, half hour, one hour lunchtime, right? You're not eating now. 
So how can you use that time instead to accomplish your your Quran goal for the day? Um, so things like that, I think, are really important for us, like I said, to just think creatively in terms of how to do this. And dua, of course, right? Like always make dua, oh Allah, you're the only one who can make this easy for me. So please make this easy for me because this is all for your sake. This is all to grow closer to you. This is to grow closer to your book. Uh, these are just, you know, a couple of the strategies that I think could be very helpful in this. Inshallah. Now you brought up uh, the whole, obviously, like everybody's busy, right? Now, moms in particular and new mothers or those with young kids, there's always that struggle of being, you know, thrown into the deep end of the pool once Ramadan starts. You said, mashallah, you've got a teenager and you've got a baby, tabarakallah. So what is your advice specifically for moms and staying committed to the Quran um, in maintaining a Ramadan schedule, balancing, you know, your ibadah and your everyday life? It's like you've lived it. So what, what suggestions do you have? And dads too, to be honest. So I, I think the first thing is knowing that there isn't just one way of connecting with the Quran, right? Um, the recitation of the Quran is great, but it's not the only way. Um, you also connect with the Quran by listening to it. You know, when, you, when you're actually listening to the Quran attentively, that is an act of ibadah, right? It, it is something rewardable. Um, when it comes to memorizing, uh, that is also an act of ibadah. When it comes to reflecting on what the Quran is saying, uh, that is also an act of ibadah. When it comes to learning, uh, you know, the meaning of the Quran, that is also ibadah. So there's so many ways that we can actually connect with the Quran. And, um, you know, when it comes to the recitation of the Quran, you have to sit down with the mushaf, right? And 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 that is ideal. But when you've got a toddler running around, you don't have the luxury to sit down. Yep. <laughs> we, when you have a child, you know, launching at you every five seconds, right, and grabbing things, you know, from your hands, then there's no way that you know your your mushaf will will stay safe. So you don't necessarily have that luxury. Likewise, if you have older kids, you know, you you have to you know, keep an eye on them and see what they're doing. Um, are they actually doing their homework, uh, et, et cetera. So uh, you don't always have the luxury to sit down and recite, you know, easily, uh, conveniently. So uh, what I would advise women um, in such situations is that, first of all, find a time when you can, when, when you're free of your children, okay? Uh, that could be, for example, when they're sleeping, right? In in the night, that could be, for example, 10 minutes before Fajr. And the thing is that in Ramadan, you're up anyway for Suhoor. So you might as well wake up, you know, 10 minutes earlier. And, and 10 minutes makes a huge difference. You know, you, you, can, you can gobble down an entire meal in 10 minutes, right? Uh, if 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 that is all you have, uh, if 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 you wake up late, so ten minutes are are a lot, you know. If you if you wake up ten ten to fifteen minutes earlier and you get to recite one page of the Quran peacefully, it it is it is worth it, you know. It's it's better than not reciting at all, and it's not just, you know. A, a little accomplishment. When you recite a letter, you get rewarded. When you recite three verses in, in the night, when you, you know, th there's huge reward. When you recite 10 verses, there's even greater reward. So uh, don't belittle the amount of, of recitation that you can do in, in that quiet time, right? So, so find out when you can have that time. It could be in, in the night, it could be sometime in the morning, it could be when your little ones are napping, it could be when, you know, somebody's taken them, uh, you know, in order to give you some time to yourself. Um, so, so find, uh, find out how you can make time for yourself like this, right? Secondly, along with that, uh, increase in your listening of the Quran. And this is something that I, that I, that I do a lot. 
uh, uh, when, I mean, I, I did that a lot when my older kids were little and I, I'm doing this more again uh, with the little one that, you know, I, I listen to the Quran a lot. So just play the recitation from anywhere. If, if you want to go in a sequence, that's great. But if you are not able to maintain a sequence, which happens, um, then again, from anywhere and, and listen attentively. You know, you, you could be playing with your little one, but you, at the same time you're listening to the Quran, that is an act of ibadah, right? Yeah, yeah. I think people really overlook that one because it's, I mean, there's also the fear that like, oh, if I'm busy doing something and I'm not paying attention totally to the Quran, like, is it disrespectful? I know that's come up for a few people as well. Yeah. So the thing is, as long as you're giving most of your attention, it's fine. The, the only thing that's not okay is talking over the recitation of the Quran. So for example, if now your little one is very chatty and, you know, they want to talk, then maybe for some time you, you pause the recitation. Or you decide how long you want to play it for, right? Yeah. Uh, but but definitely, some listening is is good, right? It's good for you. It's also good for your kids because when the Quran is recited in a house, that house, you know, uh, uh, it, it receives barakah. The 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 devils leave, right? And the angels are present. So you you want that in your house, a, a very peaceful environment. And you 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 get there by increasing in the recitation of the Quran, right? Yeah, for sure. Another another thing is that uh, you know you could maybe set up a family recitation time. Like I, I remember when we were little, this was very common in our house on on the weekends, especially that my parents would have a sit down and everybody would just recite the Quran. Oh, that's I really like that idea. Yeah, and, and I, I remember, you know, I, I didn't know as much recitation as my sisters, but I, I would just keep reciting the same surah, or I would just sit with the mushaf and just stare at everybody else. Uh, and, and that's fine. But at least that allowed my parents to recite in peace. It allowed my older sisters to recite in peace, right? So it's like establishing a little family culture of that happening. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be very long. It can be just 20 minutes. You set a timer, you tell the whole family, we're all going to sit down at the dinner table, we're going to set a timer for 20 minutes, and everybody's going to recite the Quran. I really like that. So whatever works for your family, right? If you're on the road a lot, I, I remember there was one point in my life where I was on the road a lot. And I, you know, every time that I would get somewhere to drop someone or pick someone up, and you know, you're waiting for people to go in or out, um, right. And you, sometimes you spend five to seven minutes on average, just sitting and waiting. Right. Yeah. So what I would do is I would just pick up the mushaf and start reading. And like that, Alhamdulillah, I managed to recite so much Quran. Alhamdulillah. You know, there are times when I actually miss, uh, that, that part of my life because I'm like, you know, yes, that, that driving was not a lot of fun, but at least I got to recite more Quran. Alhamdulillah. That's so interesting. Like, you know, as you said, like plugging the Quran into every part of your life that you can. And I can attest to that to some extent back when I was commuting like an hour to work and an hour to school every few days. Definitely that frees you up with uh, with that opportunity to listen to the Quran, to recite it, to practice your revision of memorization, whatever it might be. And yeah, it goes back to that creative thinking. And I really like that you brought up that strategy for um, sitting together as a family and setting the timer. That's that's really great. Alhamdulillah. So the next bit, again, still related to the Quran, is how how can one connect to the Quran personally when one doesn't understand Arabic? And that applies to so many of us. Like we might be able to read the Quran, recite the Quran. Maybe we're familiar with a couple of words here and there. But unless we're sitting with a translation, and of course we know that translations just do not do the Quran justice. How can we establish that personal sense of connection? I don't know if there's a shortcut to that. Um, you, you know, for, when you when you want to build a personal relationship with anyone, it requires some level of investment, right? You have to put in the work, and I really feel like when it comes to the Quran. 
many Muslims don't don't take this matter seriously. They just want to be able to understand the Quran automatically. Uh, they want to be able to reflect on the Quran very easily without having studied, without having invested in learning the meaning of the Quran. And I, I don't know if if there is a shortcut because how are you meant to understand without having learned, right? How are you meant to reflect without having learned the meaning? So I, I think, you know, every Ramadan people wish that they knew the Quran better. And then once Ramadan is over, things just go back to how they were. Um, and I, I feel like each person really needs to think about how they can improve in their learn in their understanding of the Quran. And honestly, these days, I, I don't even know if we have an excuse because there are so many, many programs out there, so many different types of, you know, classes out there to learn Arabic or grammar or the meaning of the Quran, you know, study it one way or another way. There's, there's so many options. Um, so I, I really don't know if, if there is a, a shortcut, you know, you, you have to put in the work and it's, it's not that, that difficult. It's not like you have to sacrifice years and years of your life in order to study the meaning of the Quran or, or in order to become more familiar with the Quran. Yeah, I think that's a huge hurdle for people because they do feel like, oh, you know, it's going to take me years and years just to learn Arabic and the Quran itself is just so difficult. And there is a sense of inaccessibility to the Quran and understanding the Quran. Um, but as you said, there's a lot of classes out there, even for free online, on just, you know, familiarizing with familiarizing yourself with just words of the Quran. I think there's like apps for it too, you know, like you get a word a day or a word a week and you can start building up your familiarity with like a singular word and understand what it means. And then you can recognize it when it comes up, right? Yeah. Or even and then you have yeah, you also have these lecture series by so many different shayukh on basically some summaries of the entire juz, right? Yeah. Yeah, so th there's so many ways to you know to develop a greater a, a a a better understanding of the Quran and and every person needs to commit to something. You know, see where you are in your journey and what next step you need to take. And Make dua to Allah, right? Ramadan is, is the month of duas. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this knowledge easier for you, right? Rabbi zidni ilma. And Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'an. Oh Allah, I ask you for beneficial knowledge. The knowledge of the Quran is beneficial knowledge, right? And, and this is what we should be asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. I think that helps make it a little more relevant and realistic and again accessible like that's a huge part of it like we said accessibility to the quran and overcoming that mental block mm -hmm. but you know in the meantime um how can you have a more personal connection with the quran i think uh you know one thing that i have seen uh, really benefits people is when they listen to something um that that gives them the gist of you know, what the surah is talking about or what the juz is talking about, or at least the meaning of some verses. So then they have some idea of, you know, what is being spoken about, right? And, and, and that is definitely very helpful, um, but it should not be the final step in our journey of, you know, of, uh, of understanding the Quran. Uh, but definitely, it's it's better than not not doing anything, right? Um, so listen to something, and and I say listen because listening is more um, accessible compared to reading. Um, because again, if you want to read, you have to sit, you have to find the right book, then you have to read. Uh, not everyone likes to read. I I don't know how, mashallah, you just read book after book after book. Barakallah, <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, listening is something you can do while folding laundry, while, you know, working out, while, while, while doing so many things. Yes, very true. Listening while folding laundry is pretty much how I've gone through like tons of lecture series just by doing that. And my mom was the one who 
who used to do this all the time because she had mashallah four kids four of us running around like causing piles of laundry <laughs> and piles of chores so yeah that was that was her thing and I think it is a very valuable habit to have for sure mm -hmm. so yeah find some some lecture series that you know um, you you think would be beneficial for you and stick to it inshallah and and that should really help you connect with the Quran more personally and the other thing is that even if you don't understand what the Quran says right you know the you you can recognize the names of Allah right you can recognize some statements like uh you know the mention of Jannah and Khalidina fiha right or uh, the mention of Jannah and Tajri min tahtiha al-anhar right um so the the parts that you are familiar with take a take a moment to pause there and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what is being mentioned so for example when Jannah is being mentioned pause and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Jannah right uh you know that anar is is hell and when that is mentioned even though you don't understand the entire description or the entire context, you you recognize the word anar. You know that that hell is being mentioned. You ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to protect you from it, right? So this is how you can interact more with the Quran. That what you do understand, then don't just go over it quickly. Pause, reflect, and ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala for whatever is relevant. I really love what you said about interacting with the Quran, and I think that's super important. Um, and you know, there's actually some really awesome resources out there right now. There's Quran journals, there's Ramadan journals, and they have little slots for, you know, what is an ayah that you connected with today? And you can write down your little reflection. I think that intentionality of taking the time to, as you said, reflect on the ayah, ask Allah for Jannah, ask Allah to protect you from the Nar, those are really important ways of grounding ourselves with the quran and that is a concept that many of us forget again with the whole pressure to you know whiz through a khatma or two khatmas or three khatmas if somebody's really really ambitious um but we do need to go back to remembering that it's not just about whizzing through it the main benefit is of connecting and of interacting with the quran and remembering that you know, Rasulullah when he would recite certain surahs, he would stop and he would have that interaction. I think it's Surah Ar-Rahman, right? Which of Allah's favors do you deny? And Rasulullah would say, there are none of your favors that, uh, that we deny. And this is something that would be, again, a very important strategy for us to internalize in how we spend that time with the Quran, both in Ramadan and outside of it. Absolutely. Now, while we're on the topic of Quran, before we cover a few of the other Ramadan topics, I just wanted to have a really uplifting note on just how incredible it is that there's a rise in women doing hifaz. And since you are a Quran teacher and for women in particular, can you just share like your experience with that and how, um, mashallah, women from so many different backgrounds and of different ages as well, because a lot of people think, oh, you can only do hifaz when you're young, otherwise you're never going to remember. Um, but I think there's more and more older women who are pursuing a memorization of Quran as well. Mashallah, this is this is true. I mean, you go to any part of the Muslim world and you see this in women that you know they they have an eagerness to memorize the Quran, and it is also something that is facilitated for them. Um, the you know both the young and 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 I don't want to say old, but you know grown ups, I guess. Um, people of all ages, right? Women, yeah. So all women, basically, and um, it's it's great to see women memorizing the Quran. You know, little girls memorizing the Quran. When you memorize the Quran, then by definition, you recite more of it, right? And and I think this is one of the greatest benefits of memorizing the Quran. Uh, whether you've memorized all of it or part of it, I have not memorized the entire Quran yet. Uh, inshallah, my my goal is to get there. Inshallah, um, but this is the the benefit I see of memorizing the Quran that you you get to recite more Quran easily and and just by by definition you just get to you know compared to other people. 
So for example, if you're, if you're memorizing a page, then you're not just going to re read that page once, right? You're going to read it maybe 10 times, maybe 15 times, maybe 33 times, right? Uh, and then when you review, uh, again, you, you get to recite more quantity of the Qur'an, right? You have a greater capacity to recite the Qur'an, right? When, when someone has memorized Surah Al-Baqarah, for example, uh, it, you know, it's, it's easier for them to recite Surah Al-Baqarah compared to someone who has not memorized Surah Al-Baqarah. So, and, and another benefit is that you don't always require a mushaf in order to recite the Qur'an. You can recite the Qur'an while rocking your baby to sleep. Right, you can recite the Quran while driving. You can recite the Quran even while cooking, you know, while you're doing other things because you're you're reciting from memory, and especially those parts which which are strong, you 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 have them, you know, um, you have them with you, and and you can recite whenever. So this is, uh, I I think a a really huge benefit of memorizing the Qur'an, that it, it facilitates the recitation of the Qur'an. And this is why I think everyone should aim to recite, to, to memorize at least some, some portion of the Qur'an, right? If, if not the entire Qur'an, at least some ajza, because when you memorize, uh, you know, even some portion of the Qur'an, you can recite it in salah, you can recite it otherwise, it's just more accessible to you, right? Um, but the other thing is that I feel that the memorization of the Qur'an alone is not enough, right? If you are investing so much time into memorizing the Qur'an, you should also invest some time into learning the meaning of the Qur'an. Because honestly, uh, you know, like Hassan al-Basri said, that the Qur'an was revealed so that it is reflected upon. But people think that its recitation is 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 basically sufficient right that that you know when they're recited they have they have done their job yeah and 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 they have not done their job right that the real uh reason why allah subhanahu wa re revealed the quran was ayati, so that people reflect on its verses and you you cannot reflect on the verses of the quran if you do, if you don't know what they mean and uh, you know, I, I know Hufals who who don't have the best voice, right? Uh, or who don't have the best uh, recitation. But their understanding of the Qur'an, mashaAllah, it is so deep that, you know, they're able to uh, immediately connect, you know, one verse of the Qur'an with another, you know, uh, you know reflect on, 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 on what is being said. And then there are people who, mashallah, they, they recite beautifully, but they don't know what they're reciting. So yes, that sound, it moves you, but then what? Right? The Qur'an was not just revealed to, 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 to move us in the sense that, you know, we, we get really inspired by the, by the sound of recitation. It's, it's supposed to be followed not just emotional rush in the moment it's something that's meant to be more deeply impactful exactly exactly and it, and in order to get there there must be some level of you know of of knowing the meaning of the quran and and increasing in in one's understanding of the quran and and i would really encourage uh women who are memorizing or have memorized to spend some time doing this as well Inshallah. for that really great advice. Um, we're gonna kind of hop back to one of our original themes in our discussion, the whole you know Ramadan imposter syndrome, because these are questions that come up repeatedly, um, especially just before Ramadan. So along the same lines of you know feeling like an imposter because you've been so disconnected with the Quran, there are people who have asked as well, um, you know, suggestions on leaving major sins or struggling to leave them in Ramadan because. Again, like everybody wants Ramadan to be a transformational period for them. Everybody wants to do better in Ramadan. But, you know, there's still that sense of feeling like a fraud by fasting or praying in Ramadan while knowing how severe one's sins are or 
you know, just really struggling to leave major sins or serious sins um, that have been, you know, maybe it became bad habits. Like what advice do you have, you know, reminders and uplifters, but also maybe something like very practical. I really feel like Ramadan um, helps us have a life reset because it, it, it literally disturbs your life to the, to the core, right? You cannot sleep the way that you used to sleep before. You cannot eat the way you used to eat before. You cannot do the things that you would normally do. It, you know, if you're, if you're doing the bare minimum even in Ramadan, which is just, just fasting, right? Yeah. Your schedule is upside down, right? Oh, yes, completely. <laughs> and it's, and not just for a day or two, for an entire month. So, so Ramadan really helps us break habits, right and and get out of our comfort zone and 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 do things differently you know the 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 habits that we've developed basically ramadan helps us destroy those habits right whether they're good or bad subhanallah um you know for example if you have the habit of working out going for a walk every day maybe in ramadan you won't do that because you're like man i'm fasting i'd rather sleep right I mean, mashallah, there are people who will still, you know, go for an hour long walk or they will work out. I don't know how they do that. I've never been able to maintain that in Ramadan. Ramadan is when I actually take a break, right, from these things, right? Um, Because honestly, sleep is more important to me than than other things. Anyway, um, so given that the nature of Ramadan is is just like that, uh, be hopeful that inshallah in Ramadan, your bad habits will also break, right? And inshallah, they will, uh, that, that Ramadan will, will give you a chance to at least take a break from your bad habits, if not leave them completely, right? So be hopeful in, in the mercy of Allah. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you the ability to leave, you know, those habits completely. And the other thing is that if we were all perfect, then why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us an entire month of fasting uh, to purify us and to increase us in our rewards? There would be no need, right? Yeah. So it's because, you know, most of the year we, we, we follow our desire, we forget, we we make mistakes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us a chance to repent, to become better, to be purified of our sins. So welcome this, op- this opportunity, right? It is, it is exactly for you, right? It's, it's not for some perfect uh, creatures who never sin, who never, uh, who, who never disobey Allah, who are always, you know, very righteous. No, Ramadan is for us. You know, for us, faulty, uh, sinful, uh, you know, people, right? Ramadan is for the sinners. Exactly, and it's it's for you and I. So, uh, and 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 then, you know, I I think a huge problem is that people are very mean, right? They can be very mean when 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 people you know give comments like, "Oh, look at you." You're wearing hijab in Ramadan. Wow. Or look at you. Now you have a beard. Is it going to last or is it going to go away after Ramadan? Right? So this kind of commentary from people is, is very, very hurtful. It's spiritual bullying. It, exactly. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that that you will be tested, right? amwalikum uh, anfusikum in, in, in your properties and in your lives you are going to be tested and you will definitely hear uh any hurtful things from who from the people of the book and also from the mushrikeen uh so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepares us that you will hear hurtful things from your enemies now subhanallah it doesn't befit a believer a muslim to say hurtful things to to other muslims Right, but but sometimes that's what happens. You hear such negative commentary from 
from people in the masjid. You hear such, such negative commentary from people at the dinner table who, who are breaking the fast with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, you know, the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us this is to, is to prepare us. So be prepared. Be ready that, you know, you might hear hurtful things from people. And when you expect that, that, you know, I, I am going to hear some, some rude comments. I am going to hear some mockery, some hurtful things. When you expect that, you are better able to cope, cope with such things, right? So essentially preparing yourself to be resilient in the face of discouragement. Exactly, exactly. And there, there will be discouragement from different people in different ways. But you keep reminding yourself that I'm doing this for the sake of Allah. I want the mercy of Allah. I want the reward of Allah. And, and you do your best, inshallah. I think it's really important as well, having a support system to help you through that time, to counterbalance that negativity, right? Yes, very true. Very true. And, you know, you can find that support system in the form of um, you know, friends or virtual friends or different uh, lectures by, you know, shayukh that you can listen to, you know, some, something that will uplift you, that will continue to encourage you to keep going. Make sure that you are reading such things, you're listening to such things, you're, you surround yourself by such content that will constantly uplift you, inshallah. I think that's a really wonderful note to end on. And Jazakallah Khair for all your time and just the wonderful advice that you've given. And I think the recurring theme here is, you know, how to get over feeling that Ramadan imposter syndrome and that it affects so many of us in so many different ways. And you've given us some beautiful advice and suggestions on how to overcome that mental block, those mental hurdles, and really like prep ourselves before Ramadan even starts in these coming weeks that, you know, it's, it's not too soon to start and it's not too late to start either. Yes, that, that's right. It's not too soon. It's not too late. And even if half of Ramadan goes by and you haven't been able to do much, it's still not too late. Because every day of Ramadan is precious. Every night of Ramadan is precious. And any good deed that you're able to do in that time is better late than never. Once again, for your time and your incredible knowledge, Barakallahu Fiki. I pray that all the listeners are able to benefit from this as much as I did and whip up those Ramadan journals and start taking those notes and, you know, make those little Ramadan plans. Remember, even a single ayah is going to matter so much, inshallah. Inshallah. Barakallah fiki. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Hey everyone, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us online on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram on our handle Muslim Matters. And check out our site daily at muslimmatters.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.